Hello, everyone. Welcome to the SciCast podcast. I'm your host, Ashton Yoon, and this podcast you're about to listen to is about psychology, therapy, and mental health. Now, I'm sure most of you have heard stories and the perspectives of the patients, but this podcast will show us the perspectives of the therapists instead. Hello, welcome to the SciCast podcast. Today, our guest is Ms. Taylor Presha. She's the founder and lead therapist at Change Within. She has been practicing for over two years now after completing her master's in mental health counseling at the University of Central Florida. So thank you very much for taking the time to join me today. Is there anything that I missed that you'd like to add about yourself? No, that was pretty good intro. I'm so <laughs> enthusiastic to be here to have an interview from someone so young and so insightful. So I am ready to be asked all the questions. <laughs> Great. So first off, just what made you decide to become a therapist? Yeah, so I kind of happened into therapy. So I originally had a plan to do double major in aerospace mechanical engineering at UCF. I got bored and then I switched <laughs> to biology to do medical school. So I graduated, got a good GPA, applied to medical school. I didn't get in. And so I'm like, okay, what do I do for the rest of my life? Well, I'm naturally a helper. I'm always been Taylor. Um, what's going on? I need help, or you know, always coaching my friends through things. And so I find out, okay, mental health therapy. All right, okay, I can do this because initially I thought it was, oh, you have to have like a PhD, a psychology, advanced clinical degree. But I realized, oh wait, I can do this. A master's, not too much. And so that's how I got into therapy. And I'm so happy to be here because it's such a needed field. And so underrepresentative for so many. What do you think are like the most important traits for someone to become a therapist? Patience is definitely one for sure is Mm -hmm. that your clients come to you in all shapes, sizes, insight Mm -hmm. and awareness. Some are like, my mom told me I need to go get help but I don't want to be here. And so you're kind of like, all right, okay, let's kind of piece together what we're going through with. Or some kind of give you the same patterns of behavior over and over again. And as a therapist, it's not our job to quote unquote fix or give the solution. It's to be the mirror, be the reflection piece for our clients so they can make that connection. And so definitely being patient and being open-minded. I can't tell you how often I get clients who similar to me, but definitely different life experiences. Mm -hmm. And so being open to when someone comes into your, the other side of the chair and, you know, they're a different background, different look, a different aesthetics, different lifestyle, because at the core of it, we all want love, security, you know, care. And so having that mindset can be, you can be a very effective and very good therapist. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, people around my age have started to, like, find, like, therapists and things. Do you Mm -hmm. offer, I guess, services to, like, high schoolers, like, minors? Yes, I do. My youngest client right now is 11 years old. And so I do as young as 11 all the way up to, you know, adults. And I... I think the bulk of it when I first started in my practice were teens, you know, because mm-hmm. I was a former high school teacher in science. And I was like, well, I already can communicate <laughs> with teens. So why not do that in therapy? Yeah. What do you like find are like the differences, like the main differences between well, teens and like adults when, in terms of therapy? 
I think teens are more open to change. And being a teenager, you can look at the world in a different way than many adults. A lot of adults, particularly those who are like 40 and up, Mm -hmm. are very much in this mindset that this is the status quo. We can't ruffle any feathers. We've got to stay the path. We can't go against the grain. Whereas with a lot of my younger clients, 25 and under, they're like, you know what? I can do something Mm -hmm. different. I can choose a different path. I can have a voice, you know? And some of my younger clients who are in high school is like, yeah, I may not be registered to to vote, but my voice matters. I can Mm -hmm. speak out. I can speak up. And I think that's the main difference when I see, you know, my younger clients versus my older clients is this willingness to look at a problem in a different way. For sure. Like the new generation, you know, like, I mean, my yes. generation is a lot different. Let me tell you what, your generation <laughs> are going to be the rule breakers, the ground shakers mm, and to really, you know, change this vehicle motion that we live in. Mm-hmm. So I, know, I saw on your Instagram that you started the change within. Do you mind explaining what that is, why you made it? Yeah. So, you know, when I, graduated, I was like, okay, I have two routes, right? We have agency work, which is just equally as good, a big corporation or a community and involvement, or I can start my own private practice. And at the time I was a little nervous. I'm like, I never owned the business and take mm-hmm. any business courses. They don't talk about it in grad school because they try to push you the agency way. I was like, you know, let me try. And now I came with the name of a change within because I definitely firmly believe, you know, our changes that we make is up to us. We have to initiate that, you know, count out all external factors, all people, parents, Mm -hmm. friends, family, society, silence that our change can only happen if we do it. So hence the name, a change within. What do you do differently from other therapists to like, especially help your clients? Yeah, I'm definitely very real with my clients. I am like, I don't sugarcoat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, all right, we could do that option. However, look at these choices of what that option ensue. Mm -hmm. And I definitely make sure my clients feel at ease. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not in the business of rushing people to change because a lot of times you'll go into therapy. They're like, all right, you got six sessions. All right, Mm -hmm. let's fix it and let's move on. It's like, no, I'm here for as long as my clients need me. You know, I have some clients I have been seeing for two years. You know, we meet consistent basis mm-hmm. and, you know, they're not in crisis mode. They just need additional support. And I can be that support system. I have clients who just do check-ins. So I'm very mm-hmm. flexible in how I tailor my sessions for each individual client. Do you find that most clients like stick with you for a long time or is it just like come and go I think it's like a good mix. I say about, you know, about half and half. So half Mm -hmm. of my clients are really just, they need that consistent, you know, accountability partner. And so Mm -hmm. that's what I am. And there's some clients who are, all right, I'm good. I'm stable. I had this, you know, crisis. I solved it. I feel comfortable after six, seven months. All right, I'm good. And that is like a revolving door of those type of clients. But I think it's a mix of my client load is like half of them have been long term and half of them kind of cycle in every six months. I see. I see. So after going through so many clients, what do you see are like the common like reasons for your clients issues like across like individuals, couples or families? Mm -hmm. I think the common theme has been just stress in general, like stress, the silent killer. Another one has been political unrest 
racial and ethnic unjust Mm -hmm. has been another one because the majority of my clients are in the minority spectrum. They're Mm -hmm. Black, they're Latino, they're Asian, they're LGBTQ. So a lot of them have been that particular stress, particularly living in in the United States, where we see a lot of the political influences shifting to more rigid um, way of life. Another thing I deal with my clients is identity. So identity is, you know, a complex topic of who am I, you know, with my sexual orientation, with my gender expression, with my relationship identity, my cultural identity. I'm now 18 out of the house and I'm different than my family. And how do I voice my opinions differently? So those are typically the main topics I see. And of course, you know, sprinkle in, you know, anxiety, depression, trauma, Mm -hmm. PTSD. I saw on your website that you offer like a walk and talk service, like in addition to like the telehealth and like office appointments. So do you mind explaining like what that is? Are there any like differences, benefits? You know, I think it's really beneficial, particularly with my younger clients or my Mm -hmm. clients who have a little bit more anxiety about staying one place. You know, I offer walk and talk, you know, we sign extensive consent forms first, because, you know, we got to make sure that we are aware of the HIPAA, you know, regulations of stepping outside the Mm -hmm. office, but it's a good way for clients to bring in nature. So you're bringing breathing fresh air, Mm -hmm. you have some positive active movement as we kind of walk the trail and talk. And I find it's particularly with my younger clients that it's easier for them to open up more because we're moving, we're kind of looking forward down the path, we're looking at the trees, we're looking at nature, they kind of divulge more information along our trail walk. And it's a really good way to bring in a more holistic viewpoint in therapy. So a lot more like you find a lot more success through like mm-hmm, I do clients. I do and and it was a suggestion I was talking to a therapist in my area who do yeah. offer and they find that it is very helpful and we mm-hmm. you know meet at the office we kind of walk down the trail we kind of and then we come back to the office to kind of debrief and so it's a great way to offer clients a different option than say oh. telehealth or meeting in an office setting you can branch out and do therapy really anywhere as long as you have the proper consent forms right and then how about like during covid when like lockdown was still happening like obviously i doubt you could offer like the walk and talk so yeah no walk and talk during that it was very much all telehealth Mm -hmm. which was an adjustment you know particularly i saw a drop in my younger clients because Mm -hmm. it's less of a face-to-face viewpoint and and a lot of them kind of suffer in that and couldn't do the telehealth as much Mm -hmm. and so that was definitely a change and then slowly over the last two years of okay how do we work in safety measures with covid and you know other ailments not just covid but just thinking a bigger picture say covid came around to shake the game for a lot of us and we did have to change how we you know operate and so having Mm -hmm. contingency in place for if there's you know god forbid any other viruses that come and shake you know our operations yeah did you see any like increased stress levels like both you and your clients oh definitely both ways like you know (laughs) and and it's funny that we say for therapy every therapist has their own therapist because you know therapy is something that everyone should have 
access Mm -hmm. to or have someone on retainer that you can go and talk to when you feel that stress because, you know, COVID was something that we never seen in our lifetime. You know, we read about it in books in 1918, Mm -hmm. influenza and everything, the Black Plague. We're like, oh, that's in the past. And then (laughs) here it is in our face, in our lifetime, like, oh, Mm -hmm. wait, okay, how do I manage this? It's Mm -hmm. very stressful. There's a lot of unknowns, a lot of uncertainties. And Mm -hmm. particularly so some of my clients were in the lower working class. And so their jobs were impacted. They couldn't find work. They were laid off. And so how do you deal with the financial stress that this, you know, pandemic had brought on? I see. Well, we're nearing the end of our time. Mm -hmm. So one one last more fun question. You mentioned before that you were like a foodie. So I guess as a self-proclaimed foodie myself, what are your favorite foods, cuisines, restaurants? Like, tell me. Tacos. Tacos, Tacos hand <laughs> down. I will sample any type of taco any day. Mm-hmm. That is like the mm, creme de la creme of my <laughs> favorite food. But honestly, I love to eat. I really do. You know, I have to eat to live. So I always yeah. invite people like, hey, want to go grab brunch? Let's go yeah. for lunch. Let's go try this new spot for dinner. Another thing is I have a sweet tooth as well. Okay. So cakes, <laughs> cookies, like I don't know if you guys got crumble cookies cookies but like man it's so good you gotta look it up like (laughs) it's so delicious but definitely you know those would be my categories tacos any day yeah is there like a go-to taco place you have yes i we have don julio tacos and oh it's fresh mexican (laughs) authentic oh and then the queso on the side Mm -hmm. oh you see we got my mouth watering (laughs) (laughs) I think that that's about it for now. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to me. It was very, thank, very wonderful. Thank you for to having. You. Thank you for having me. And you know, I'm just, I'm so amazed at the level of insight <laughs> you have at such a young age. And I wish you all the success coming on. Thank you very much. Well, all right. Thank you. That will wrap up today's podcast. Thank you to Miss Taylor Pressure for joining me on the podcast. You can find her on Instagram at Tay underscore Counselor. Thank you for listening, everyone, and goodbye.